0: The following is presented by Lanier Technical College, Concept One Pulley Systems, and Year One Classic Muscle Car Restoration Parts. Hit it! Hang on, you're now part of the fastest podcast on the planet, Bud's Garage Overdrive. Produced in the studios of Jacobs Media, located in beautiful downtown Gainesville, Georgia. On this week's episode, we talk about electric color-changing paint, EV crash testing surprises, an update on the C8 E-Ray Corvette, and special guest Tim McDonald, president of Lanier Technical College. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery. Let's kick it in overdrive. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, upholster to the stars. Tim, another podcast? Oh, yeah. Are you ready to rock and roll? In? I am. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, get right to it, then. Okay. In review, did you do your uh, homework on the oh, BMW Oh, yes, color change? I did,
1: Bud. Oh, you did? I wanted to find out uh, if you had to, like the Hot Wheels cars that change colors, if you had to toss these BMWs into cold or hot water to get them to change i forgot about those yeah yeah that's the first thing i thought of yeah so that was that was my homework assignment this one would if you put it in water would surely do something i can oh yeah it would do something right all right well tell us how it works the bmw color changing ix flow it 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 features an e-ink exterior wrap okay similar to the screen on your kindle so different voltages create different colors it started with black and white, but now comes in a rainbow of colors. And the hardest part of dealing with the film is making the wrap flexible enough to apply. And it could be used to make your car warmer or cooler in different weather. It could also make your car stand out in a parking lot or just reflect your mood, like a mood ring. You remember the mood rings? Mood Maybe you can ring. have a mood a car. Mood paint job. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it could make a police car flash instead of just blue lights it could fly the whole car could flash.
0: you copied somebody else's homework i can tell
1: (laughs) i I sure did
0: you doggone right i
1: did that's how i made it through high school well well,
0: you know in concept to Mm -hmm. have the car be black in the winter time to
1: absorb more heat and be white in the summertime to reflect heat that Mm -hmm. makes sense the rest of this and be red when that guys in front of you in the left lane going five under the speed limit i guess you
0: could yeah all right the corvette e-ray remember we talked about that with uh mike cormier oh yeah we found out since we mm-hmm. had speculated it had two motors but it's actually got single electric motor doing its own thing up front 160 horsepower and 125 torque uh foot pounds pound feet of torque uh, added to the lt2 495 horsepower so we are at 650 horsepower and 500 plus
1: pounds feet of torque. But isn't that so cool that with that technology, all it takes is an electric motor to turn it into an all-wheel drive vehicle. Well, what's cool
0: about it, is it doesn't actually have a battery as we think of a battery. It's got a bank of capacitors. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who used to charge up condensers in the shop and throw them to our fellow employees. Oh, yeah, "Yeah." right. Well, anyway, a capacitor can take on a lot of power and release it very quickly, and Mm -hmm. that's what this motor does. So the or that's what this this capacitor pack does. Actually, if you ran this thing on electric only, you only have about a 4-mile range Mm -hmm. at 40 miles an hour. Right. But if you want to blow away at a, at a stoplight, right. you will embarrass a Z06. Okay. Z06 now is like 675 horse. Mm. But you got to live with that 675 horse all, all the time. Here you got 495 horse, and when you want to go you know, blow the tires off of it, you got this electric motor up front. And again, it's all-wheel drive. And if you want to take it out on the track, you're probably embarrassing a lot of other cars too, because... It has enough oomph going through the system yeah. that as you're going down the straightaway, you would have enough power built up in those capacitors to turn it into a all-wheel drive when you get into the corners and have that torque to pull you out of the corners. So I can't wait to get Randy Popest in here or Johnny O'Connell and tell us how that really works. Right, right. I bet that. Oh, I, that's got to be exciting to drive. Because I know what it gives you is a very drivable, cool car on the street. Mm-hmm. It's got the wide body on it. And you're not paying the money at the Z06. Right. The only problem is it weighs over two tons in convertible form. Now the feds are concerned that heavier vehicles may cause cars, we're talking about heavier vehicles, EVs, mm-hmm. like the Hummer. Right. Uh, which weighs 9,000 pounds, nearly a third, which is due to the battery power pack. Right. So that's 3,000 pounds of battery mm-hmm. um So... And they're concerned about it. Well, and they should be. Well, and, and they've, been <laughs> they've been having trouble testing these things mm-hmm. uh, or simulating testing. They haven't actually tested any of these with batteries in them yet. Right. So what they've been doing is taking the gasoline version vehicle and literally loading it up with scrap iron and concrete blocks or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. To get and, the and, weight.
0: And it's not the same thing because right. you've got to have the weight where it actually where is it on actually the Where it actually is on
1: the vehicle, Yes. Yeah.
0: So speaking of that. Mr. Binge TV watcher, our producer here, Bill Wilson, might be interested in this. More than two hundred thousand hours worth of viewing has been done of the international is it international uh highway safety organization? Or independent highway safety organization. we we'll have to look that up. That's your homework, uh, Tim. <laughs> They've been viewing videos of cars getting crashed and apparently if you're uh if you've been watching the
1: jeep wrangler crash you want to keep your uh, seat belt on oh yeah 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 you know and when i watch those crash videos i, I you know they draw me in i can't stop watching them you know crashing those cars well the small overlap test which that they do
0: cr- crashes the left front side of the car which is where your feet are mm-hmm. and you know it gives some indication as you know whether you receive the dummy re- receives damage from the car coming in on them uh, down at the floorboard level right and uh, while
1: they were doing that the Jeep you know
0: flopped it, over on the passenger side
1: right it turned over it couldn't stand it all the other vehicles managed to stay upright I think but... it's got something to do because there's no body work on there there's not as much body work on the left front of a Wrangler because it's got the little fender flares sticking out I always thought it was more to do with the amount of suspension travel that's in a Jeep and that they're a little bit taller. The wall that they run
0: it into, the steel wall that they run it into, the plate uh, that you can see on on their website, is kind of about right going underneath the front fender of a Jeep. So I think think that has something to do with the fender being straight out and not curved down. I see. It doesn't bounce off the barrier. It goes right over the top of it. So I'm not, you know, we're not, we're not a we're not discouraging you from a Jeep Wrangler just no where you see your belts up yeah but it's interesting because when you watch the videos all the cars respond differently when they hit this thing right some of them spin around some of them you know bounce hard to the right Mm -hmm. um some of them just it, it doesn't affect them a ton at all yeah so it's it's very interesting to watch cars getting crashed I guess a lot of people do it okay Tim I had mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i'd been babysitting a dog yes my son has got a pit bull rescue she's a sweetheart Mm -hmm. 50 55 pound dog not a brain in her head but she's just all full of love and that but anyway so i go over to the house to babysit her while they were out of town and i can't get anything on the tv but ice road truckers which I didn't even know still existed as far as a show goes. Right. And when I look at it, some of them, they're 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. but that, that show just sucked me in, the stuff that they do with trucks oh, yeah. in, the, in this, you know, in the environment they do it in. It's an extreme environment. It All would right. it'd so, be very unpleasant. Dude. So producer Bill, can you tell me, you know, on your computer there, what, what do these CDL drivers make on that, you know, in that environment? What I'm seeing is thirty to $40,000 every three months. Okay, so if they're staying up there for six months, they're making 80000 uh, 80000 80, okay. What's a regular truck driver
1: make, Tim? You used to be an over-the-road yeah, truck driver. Average. Are you used
0: to, used to still have the CDL license?
1: I do, I do, I do. Okay. Yeah, you always, once you have a CDL, you just about always keep it, just as just in case.
0: How how old can you be and still drive a truck?
1: As long they, as you can pass a physical, you can be a hundred years old. They, you know, there's lots of old drivers out there. As long as you can get in and out of the truck, basically. If you can get in and out of the truck, <laughs> I, I mean, as long as you can hold a seat. Okay, so av- average pay? Fifty to eighty thousand is average pay. Although there are like uh, Walmart drivers are are making over a hundred thousand a year. So okay. it depends on. But you got to ride the rail first, what they call riding the rail. You got to start with a truck driving school. Sure. You've got to leave there and go with a major carrier. So for the first two or three years, you're going to be on the low end, just like any other thing that you choose to do in life. Well, I am glad
0: that you mentioned a truck driving school. Yeah. Because this is even more than a truck driving school. Lanier Technical College has got a commercial truck driving certificate program, mm-hmm. and it is M.S.C.S.A.E.L.D.T. compliant and gives you a basic training principles and skills of commercial operation. Oh, A lot more to it than just driving the truck. Oh, sure. But you can get through this program in eight weeks. Right. Now, like you say, you come out of this program, mm-hmm. then you go into, I'm just going to pick a name out of the hat, it doesn't matter. Um, um, Swift. Swift, all right. Like Taylor.
1: Swift, Kirk Schneider. Owns a company. There's yes, a Schneider, any of those. Knight, there's, a, there's any number of them. Absolutely. And they put a co-rider in with you or a co-driver in with you, you and you they ride explain. with a driver trainer yep. for a while. Yep. And then they team you with another student, which I don't think is a good idea, but. <laughs> you know, so, and, and then at, at some point you
0: get your own truck. Well, Lanier Technical College offers this program here in Georgia. Uh, it's an eight-week program, um, and it's got some financial aid help, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you live here in Georgia. And it's a great way to get a new career. Oh, sure. If it's, you know, if it's up your alley. I'll tell you what, it can it can be a lifesaver. They have got that and so many other careers that they can train you for at mm-hmm. Lanier Technical College. Check them out at LanierTechnicalCollege.edu. Okay. LanierTech.edu. I think I got that right. I hope so. I do. All right. LanierTech.edu. Great folks, great school, great careers. Sure. Well, our guest this week on Bud's Garage Overdrive is a product of the system. Mm-hmm. Mm, that system would be the Technical College System of Georgia, and uh, he started out as a student, is now the president, and is now sitting with us in Bud's Garage on the Overdrive podcast. And we're just thrilled to have him here. It'd be Tim McDonald from Linear Technical College. Tim, welcome back into Bud's Garage and one of the editions of Overdrive. Hey, Tim well uh what is it tim squared here yeah yeah well well, thank you so much
2: bud and and tim good to see y'all again good to be here and uh excited about this new format that you you guys are launching
0: well both of us all three of us i would i would surmise all right i'm not trying to throw you into the pit with with tim and i but (laughs) we were probably not ideal high school students um you know, I, I, I wasn't interested in a lot of stuff that was going on in high school. I was working on cars and playing music and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and high school just didn't have a niche for me. We didn't have shop. We, everybody took shop, if the, you know, there was a, a guy. Um, but besides that, there wasn't a lot going on. So
2: I was so fortunate to go to Johnson High School here in Hall County, Georgia. Comprehensive high school. We had metal fabrication. We had wood shop. Wow. We had automotive shop. We had construction. And uh, Bud, yes, put me right in that category with you and Tim. Just as quickly as I could get into the vocational wing at Johnson High School, I did. And that Mm. made all the difference.
0: Well, yeah, but see, I was going to school. I was in high school in the mid-60s. So they hadn't gotten to the vocational stuff yet. I lived in New York and they came out with something called Board of Cooperative Education Schools. And what it was was you went, you know, if you were not the college bound person, you took your classes in the morning, then you went to school in the afternoon or vice versa. They they flipped you back and forth. So that the the college the technical college system or the trade school system has, has morphed from where I was to where you were and uh you know, to where it's at now, the, the amount of things you can learn at a technical college is amazing.
2: Uh, you're exactly right. And, and you know, even even in Georgia, we saw the comprehensive high schools go away in the 90s, budget cuts and, and some other things. Uh, they tend to, they, they the trend tends to be they're coming back with these college and career academies that we work with, and we work with several in our area. But to your point, Bud, the, The Technical College System of Georgia is that workforce development training center for the state. It's the engine for the state, and it's the skilled skilled jobs that that our economy requires
0: today. Okay, so where did it all start for you? Let's go back to when you were a kid. Who influenced you as far as doing mechanical stuff and those kinds of things?
2: So probably, well, since we've all admitted that we're old guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some older than others, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: uh you you guys were probably like me you know my dad was a he was a child during the great depression right and you know our parents just had to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. you know so you know you either made it repaired it built it saved it if you if you right. had something it's because you worked hard for it and that's kind of the way my brothers and my sister was raised if you know growing up if the if you broke the lawnmower it was your your job to fix the lawnmower. Right. so you know that's where it, it, it it all started for me you know that was the that was the work ethic my dad instilled into us and you know and and he was a hands-on kind of guy so uh, we, we just learned learned as 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 he did
0: yeah well like you say if you didn't have it you built it I That's remember right. dad mm-hmm. building a tractor hey, really out of what out of a Buick Electra no way we needed one to drag logs and stuff he cut we took the body off he cut the the center section out, we shortened it up. It was the fastest tractor you ever drove. I bet. It was an automatic and a 350 engine in it, and it worked great. Because if you tried to go buy an 8N or a 9N Ford or whatever they were, mm-hmm. they were expensive. Oh, yeah. The car was 100 bucks. A couple of days wow. of tearing it apart making it work. did not that some Now, you had a very unique neighbor when you were young that got you into something that most folks, and you might be a mechanic or whatever, but you don't necessarily get into this deep into mechanical stuff tell us a little bit about him so my neighbor
2: was Fred Frady and unfortunately we lost him back in the fall Mm -hmm. this year Mm -hmm. at at the age of 94 so he had a very very great life and influenced a lot of people including me he was the first machine tool uh, technology instructor hired at Lanier Tech 1965 as a matter of fact he moved into the neighborhood when he took the job so I Grew up next to him. He was always tinkering, building things. Just a very interesting guy. Uh, I got into the metal fabrication in high school. Uh, uh, back up just a little bit. I, I took the Armed Forces vocac, voc, Vocational Aptitude Battery (ASVAB) and scored just really high on mechanical, and not so high in other areas on that test. So that kind of kind of directed me in 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 you know toward the the vocational wing in high school but but all along Fred was uh Brady mr. Frady was a mentor hired me as a machinist uh, uh, I graduated high school and was hired by Bill Chandler uh, lo- oh yeah local yeah. local business owner here Chandler Equipment Company you probably know Bill very very well well he
0: helped hire me when I got you know got into teaching at East Hall um, now Fred did he have machinery in his garage? You talk about machine tool, or was he a tool and die maker as we used to call him back then?
2: Uh, yes, both Machinist, tool and die maker. It was, you know, all, all kind of the same, the same skill set back in those days. And yes, he had, you know, small machines at his house, fascinating machines. Uh, don't remember as a kid me actually running any of them, but uh, watched them, watched him work, and talk about building tractors. You know, he would bring in something and put a bunch of pieces together, make the parts needed. And then all of a sudden he's got his garden tractor
0: Yeah,
1: wow. from parts and pieces. That's the fascinating part, you know, that building the parts to build the equipment. That's fascinating.
0: And it's gotten to the point now that if you're doing restorations of cars and I do, I do muscle cars and stuff on the side from time to time, a lot of the stuff's not available anymore. And if you got the skills to make it, yeah, that's what you got to do.
2: That's that's exactly right. And then we've got several, Folks, you've had some on your show that have the, the small shops here that are actually producing some of those parts that yep. Are, are, yep. are not, you know, not available.
0: Okay, so from the things you learned from Fred, and you talk about metal fabrication, tell us a little bit uh, as you. As you went down the road, you met the Elliott boys at some point in time. Tell us a little bit about that whole relationship.
2: So I was an instructor at Lanier, Lanier Tech, so we're moving ahead of, you know, four or five years. Right. I had been hired as an instructor. I'd graduated Linear Tech, had the, the work experience, and... Uh, uh, and that was '84 when I was hired, and you know that's when Bill Elliott was really coming into mm-hmm. to national prominence. I think he won his first race early '80s, but you know '84, '85 through '88, uh, you know, that was just the heyday, in my opinion, for, sure. for the yeah. Elliots. And uh, so over the years, I taught three of the folks that he hired, so uh, developed that relationship with the Elliots, and then with with uh, Dan Elliott. Uh, You know in some years after that so again you think about racing well what's at the heart of racing it's metal fabrication it's machining it's tool making um you know cylinders have to be bored out to a very specific tolerance very specific surface finish uh fabrication the roll cages the sheet metal so racing is just you know that very specialized
1: component of metal fabrication
0: yeah Absolutely.
1: So was there an aha moment that you said, this is my passion? So I think
2: there's probably a couple of those when I when it really hit me that, you know, I could be successful as a machinist toolmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that came, you know, at the age of 19, 20, 21. Uh, and that was the path I was headed. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, the three of us, not necessarily college, the traditional college type a uh, student coming out of high school. I know I was not, uh, of course, you know, we've gone on and gotten, you know, advanced degrees now.
0: Well, I think isn't? you learn along the way that the only way to advance is either with, you know, the, the education and experience or advanced training, be that a degree or just moving up the ladder. It's the only way you get to the next level, if it were. That's correct. So
2: um, I was hired at Linear Tech as an instructor in 1984 and probably 86, 87, I had graduated some students and it was, you know, felt like, well, I'm making a difference in these, these folks' lives. And, and the feedback I was getting was very, very positive. So although, you know, I still consider myself today a machinist, toolmaker, uh, there was a knack for teaching. I just, I just learned that I had a knack for communicating and connecting with people and teaching. So that's, that's my two aha moments. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, machine and toolmaker. I understand the machinist part because I was an engine machinist, which is a different, a different set of machines. And I, I wish that I back in the day would have learned how to use drill uh, lathes, and mills and stuff like that. I didn't learn that till afterwards. But you talk about tool and die maker. What's the tool part of of machine when you, when you call somebody a tool and die maker? What 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 does that reference back to?
2: So it actually re- uh, references to. Metal stamping, metal bending, metal forming, where, you know, the, you know, the small bracket parts that you see in automobiles, Mm -hmm. you know, typically are stamped out and then, you know, bent. That's the, that's the true definition of a tool and die maker.
0: So the die would be what you're putting the metal in before yeah, you stamp it. That's correct. And now we're doing. Uh, now we're printing this stuff out. That's exactly right. Crazy stuff. Crazy. We'll get to that in, in, in just a little bit here. So you're you're teaching at Linear Tech. You've got students that are becoming successful. Were you the the pioneer, as it were, of apprentice programs or uh, you know programs like that, or did it just kind of Happened naturally
2: it just happened naturally uh you know obviously apprenticeships have been around for a number of years um uh, more more in the northern part of the united states mm-hmm. than the southern part so um, and all an apprenticeship is if you boil it down it's a structured on the job learning process that's supplemented or augmented by related technical instruction and that's right. what we do at linear tech so we We've had the related technical instruction from day one when when the college opened in 1966. So it's just been a natural evolution, and and, and getting a lot more, you know, uh, publicity now. It's more in the the national spotlight now.
0: Yeah, I think so because the the learning the machine, you know, is what the program was for the machine tool program. Mm-hmm. That was learning the machine, but then when you go out in real life, there's other things you got to learn too. I mean, there's there's all the interpersonal communications they're showing up on time the things that you know you don't you don't always equate that to going to school that's correct so and that
2: that's the benefit of a you know uh, formalized apprenticeship program the company actually gets to you know set the standard for that on the job learning and when we work with companies and we've got several we work with now there's always that leadership component that, that they put in there that, that is exactly what you said. It's that just basic work skills that you know, mm-hmm. show up on time, be a good communicator, be a team player. Uh, well, that's what things. I
1: found in, in our business, teaching younger people to the skills the first year is just teaching them how to work and exactly what you're talking about, how to come to work on time, how to present yourself, how to clean up after yourself, etc. Then as you go on the production part of it. So what are the some of the what are some of the jobs that you work just to survive as you were following your dream? So in the high school, obviously, you know, fast food,
2: that's where I was. But as a senior in high school, I was hired as a part time machinist for Chandler Equipment Company and worked essentially a mini shift and then and when I graduated I immediately went to full-time work with him and stayed about a year and then Fred Frady who we've already talked about you know he was at Lanier Tech well he had left Lanier Tech gone to another uh, to a company and called me up and said are you in the job market so hired me at, at Windsmith, now Peerless Windsmith, and uh, and so it just kind of took off from there and worked and. Worked as much overtime as I could and really I think the the hallmark there is that one of my uh, Annual reviews I was talking to Fred and uh, I said well, what's it going to take to you know move to the next level here? This was a very corporate structured company and he said Tim You're a good worker. You're a good machinist, but you do not have a piece of paper You need to go to Lanier Technical College and earn your your diploma in uh in machine shop, machine tool technology. So, so right out of high school I was I was machining. I left high school and, and started machining and then when I went to Lanier Tech as a twenty year old, that's when it really started coming coming together for me.
0: Who was your instructor at Lanier Tech then?
2: It was a gentleman by the name of Dugar Strickland. Okay. And, and another another gentleman put in my life at a just the most appropriate time. Just just a mentor and really helped me beyond the machine tool. You know, we talked about those life skills and he was just such a good mentor to me and still living today, still owns a shop in Jefferson, Georgia. His son, Kerry Strickland is now the president and uh, I'm so proud to say Kerry was one of my students. That's cool. Wow
0: makes you feel old but it's cool it is cool <laughs> like a, like got guy, guys working on race teams that are telling me they've been there 20 years and i'm thinking that that's not possible <laughs> that's not possible but, but it, it's the way it goes now you, you're talking about going from fast food to machine work Did, had you fallen in high cotton when you got to machine work what were the wages like that oh back my then?
2: goodness i was i was making five dollars an hour wow. in, in 1979 wow. uh, when I became a full-time machinist, I, you know, I was I was over minimum wage. I think like two dollars and seventy-five cents yeah, or something right, like right. that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yes, when when uh, when I became a full-time machinist with Chandler Equipment Company, oh my goodness, I felt like I had I had the world in my
0: hands. <laughs> Did you have to? You were at Linear Tech long enough as a as the instructor. In fact, you had me as a student, which I know that was a challenge. But the the reason I did that was I wanted to see what skills I had that transferred over, but I was checking you out. Because I knew that running the motorsports program when we started it, no one person could do all the stuff that the race teams wanted. So I knew I had to have a welding instructor and somebody that could teach machine tool and that. And it actually helped enrollment in all of those programs and it was when i mentioned it to the then president it was like i had four heads he said well you want to put them in other programs i said yeah yeah because we can't buy the, the equipment for our shop and i can't teach this and teach that at the same time we need to you know we need to utilize the the things we have how did you develop your curriculum at linear tech because when you went there the machines the curriculum was much different than when you left there
2: uh, that's exactly right but if i could you know, share a quick anecdote. Sure. Uh, Fred Frady, who started the program, went through a uh, tool and die apprenticeship at a company in Tacoma, and they used Henry Ford's apprenticeship program for machinists. No kidding. So when Fred started the program in 1965-66, he tailored the program after the Henry Ford apprenticeship program. And a lot of those same uh, skills we're teaching today, projects, we can trace all the way back to uh, to Fred's opening of the program. So Near tech's machine tool program, we can trace our roots all the way back to Henry Ford. Henry Ford, and Henry yeah. Ford
0: was training people because there were no
2: technical places to send them. That's exactly right. So. So over the years, we just you know evolved the curriculum to include now the computer numerical control machines, which is just you know that that's the most prevalent technology out there now. CNC, mm-hmm. if you if you've maybe heard it referred to as that. So we just had to evolve follow our advisory committee to make sure we're staying current with uh, with what the the industry needs. But we still start everyone out with a file mm-hmm. on a bench. Yep layout, precision measuring, basic hand tools, then conventional machines, lathe, mill, and then progress. Because before you can learn to program, you have to learn to machine. And that's, you know, in our opinion, that's the best way to learn to machine is just by doing
0: it. Mm -hmm. And you know, taking a piece of metal and making it square with a file, that sounds like, huh? No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> until you get the stuff out to measure it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't waller it out. You mm-hmm. gotta. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to be right the the way it needs at, to be.
2: At some point, let me go on record here. Bud Hughes was an excellent student, by the
0: way. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. It's refreshing.
0: <laughs> well, I still wish I had a mill and lathe at home, but uh, one of these days, it's on it's on mm-hmm. the to do. On list. the list. Yeah, on the to do list. As you've gone through the the steps as an instructor you mentioned cnc machines okay now obviously precision measurement if you're learning it and you're applying it at the same time which didn't happen in high school if you're applying it it makes sense to you were you a math head when you when you were in high school i was not I was not a math
2: head. As a matter of fact, I thought, well, math is a weakness for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we'll talk about another aha moment. When, when I got into the machine tool program at Lanier Tech, you know, all of a sudden I had to learn trigonometry. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my wow. goodness.
0: I can't even spell it. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So, but there's a context. It's practical application Correct. of math. And that mm-hmm. made all the difference well, in the world. Sure. Yes
0: learning how to sew straight doesn't mean a darn thing if it's in home ec that's exactly right and you're not making seats mm-hmm. mr upholsterman i know to three big ones and two little ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you're not a math head and you've got one piece of paper at what point in time did you get into the second piece of paper uh, because as we mentioned that that paper opens doors it
2: does um. I had been teaching for several years and actually a friend of mine that I went to Lanier Tech uh, with. We became uh, good friends, still good friends to this day. He went to Southern uh, Polytechnic Southern Southern Technical College back then. uh, Mechanical Engineering Technology. uh, Now it's Southern Southern Polytechnical College at Kennesaw State. Okay. Um, So he went Got in the mechanical engineering technology program, and you know, it just kind of clicked with me. You know, maybe Tim, you could do that as well. So, full-time instructor, had a full-time job, and then just kept chipping away, and and uh, the mechanical engineering again. But you know, my aptitude was was all things mechanical. So, uh, it took it took several years. I didn't get it in four years, like like uh, a lot of people do, but as I understand, not many people get it in four years anymore. It takes Mm -hmm. longer than that. So very patient wife and family that gave me a lot of support. and So now I have a a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering technology, and that opened some other doors. I stayed at the college, but did some R&D with some other folks, uh, you know, and some local businesses here. So it's just, you know. Again, I had no clue in high school that I'd ever, Ever have a mechanical engineering degree, but it's what I learned at Lanier Tech and what I learned about myself and how I learned, I learned by doing. Correct. That yeah. gave mm-hmm. me the that gave me the confidence to continue on.
0: What was your next phase at Lanier Technical College and the next phase of life? I mean, all all this time you mentioned your family, how are you fitting all this in? So again,
2: I, you know, I can't say enough about my wife and and my two daughters, and and now we have grandkids, by the way,
0: which yeah. is which mm-hmm. is
2: worth the investment in your kids. Oh if yeah, if you can make it to grandkids, mm-hmm. then then it's all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, and you can give them back.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, very supportive at home. Taught for 25 years, and then an opportunity at the college. Uh, uh, came open to be the Dean at our Dawsonville campus. Mm-hmm. So I applied and, and, and obviously was hired, but and, there
0: wasn't even a campus when you, that, when you applied, it was an old, it was an old yeah. building. It, it was,
2: was the uh, Dawson County high school vocational wing from some years back. They had a new high school, but
0: said, so you had to move uh, wagons and buggies and stuff out of there well, and, we, and we update did, it a little bit. We, we did. And fortunately stills, there, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it will be i be mean, uh bud <laughs> yeah we we don't <laughs> give away all the secrets <laughs> so we, we we did uh have an opportunity to build a, a new campus there so i was you know so fortunate to be a part of that and I, I mean just you know just such a great opportunity you know to we we had to relocate we had to set up shop in some other places and then you know during the construction then we got to move back and and, and set that campus up and uh is thriving today
0: so how does your how did your experience and what you've been up to till then help you decide which programs to have at the Dawsonville campus did you did you take the logistics of the area or how did it, how did you do that
2: so we uh, the logistics of the area we had we had had a very successful automotive service tech program mm-hmm. and welding program so we knew those were two anchor programs uh, the other one that's become so very successful is our cosmetology program. It's full, it is full. And, uh, and then we have uh, some other healthcare certified nursing assistant, but those became the anchor, the, the three I mentioned, automotive, welding, and our cosmetology. We have electrical technology there, which is uh, supporting the, the construction industry, the electrician industry. So. So, but to your point, yeah, we we kind of looked at the demographics and and the jobs in the area and and. Uh,
0: so go back to when you're teaching, machine tool technology, back when you first started. Okay, how did the machines change from when you first started to when you left, and how did you you know how did you decide how to acquire what when and and, and you because a new machine you got to incorporate it into your curriculum. Right. So when when I
2: first started as a student, we had only manual machines, no other computer controlled. Uh, just before I graduated, as a matter of fact, I was in the first class of uh, CNC technology. We'd gotten a Bridgeport mill, and for those that are familiar with the industry will know what Bridgeport is. So we had one milling machine that was a CNC computer control machine, and, uh, Learned on that very, very exciting beginning of that trend. So we're, you know, again, we're early mid eighties where it was really becoming prevalent in our area. Then as the, we progressed in the program, we just relied on our advisory committees to, you know, give us the recommendations. And, you know, in the early days, there were a lot of, you know, specialized machines and not not a lot of uh, consistency across platforms. I'll say it that way. So. You might buy you know one machine that, that would be programmed completely different than another type of machine, and very difficult to teach those concepts. But as the industry progressed, there became you know a fairly consistent platform, and that's what we uh, that's what we followed at the school.
0: Now, it was it was a digital CNC machine, um, you know, computer controlled? At first, the the Bridgeport that you mentioned. Was it an enclosed machine like we see CNC machines now, or was it an open machine, kind of like a boring bar at a, a local machine shop?
2: So it was an open machine. Okay. And uh, so the very early CNC's were basically just controls put on existing machine uh, styles. And then as the industry progressed, that's when we began to see these fully enclosed, large machines, enclosed to keep the chips and the coolant, you know, contained. and and designed to run, you know, for a long time, potentially overnight, depending on, you know, how much machining- Plus you had had multiple
0: axis and and the tolerances from the beginning, you know, running 200 pieces. Yeah. The tolerance, the variance was negligible. That's the word.
2: That's right. And it's gotten, I mean, we're, we're tenfold better today.
0: Wow. With the technology. Okay, so you get an opportunity to start this school in Dawsonville. And you get that going, and everything's peachy keen in Dawsonville. What's your next turn? What's your next challenge? What what, what kept you going? Because I, I'm the kind of person that, you know, I've, I lust over a car, and then when I get it, I think, oh, okay, I got it. Now, now <laughs> what's what? Next? Or I built this, what's next? Yep. That kind of thing.
2: Well, we all know that, you know, the only thing worse than having no options is having more than one option. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we had just built the uh, the uh, the new campus. We had cut the ribbon on it, you know, had a ceremony for the community. Great day for that community. And the president at the time, Russell Vandiver, came up after the ceremony and said, uh, we're going to post a job this afternoon and I hope you will apply for it. And it was the vice president of economic development. So uh, so I did apply. And in that position, it's basically you you meet with local companies, local businesses, and take, help them solve their workforce training needs, whether it be through academic programs, customized training, continuing ed. So that put me in the community. And, and I, you know, 25 years in machine tool, you know, I knew a lot of the manufacturers. Sure, I was going to really, say
0: you were in the community. You knew the drill.
2: Right. Yeah. And so it just, you know. Just the next evolution for me is, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, Tim, you had asked about the aha moment. Somewhere along the line, it, I just realized I've got a passion for workforce development. And more than that, and, and of course, and I've, I've seen Bud in action for many, many years as an instructor. It's, you know, knocking down barriers, it's helping people find their place in the world, what their pathway is, and then, then assisting them, helping them, encouraging them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting, you know, the opportunity to go into communities, work with particular industries to help upskill their, their work staff, just, you know, it just fit me, I, I it, you know, it
0: was a natural. But you needed another piece of paper. I, I needed another piece of paper. <laughs> Tell us about that.
2: So, uh, masters,
0: you're getting pre- old to go to school. You know, I'm that. getting very
2: old yeah, to go I understand. To <laughs> and, and let, let me reiterate again, uh, how patient my wife, Kim was, mm-hmm. we had become empty nesters. Yep. The daughters were gone. The grandkids were not here. And then all of a sudden I'm in school pursuing a master's degree in business administration through Bernal university here. So, so yes, so.
0: Well, at least you didn't have to drive back to UGA.
2: That, that's correct. I
0: was doing that on the weekends, going yeah. to UGA well, on the I, weekends. Oh man!
2: Yeah, yeah. And we can talk. I mean, you've got the same story. Oh, yeah, I yeah, so. yeah.
0: But but it's because it's because you find that passion. You know, I when I was wrenching on cars, I never thought. But I had guys that taught me stuff, and I thought, well, how cool it would be to teach those. You know, that you, you are immortal because of those those things that you teach. Let me go back to some of your students. Did you did you find any of your students along the way, and you've taught thousands of them, um, name one, that's the way I am. I, you know, somebody <laughs> says, well, who, who do you have that works for such and such a team? And I'm just completely blank, you know, yeah. it'd be because you, you go through, and they grow up. You see them that's somewhere right. and they yeah. say, hey, how you doing? And I'm thinking, who are you? Yeah. And then, but let's go back to some of your students. So you, you helped them find their dreams, but did you help some of the people fail, um, fail so they could succeed? Turn them another direction, maybe, or, you know. Uh, yes. Because you know, I, I think succeeding has to involve failure at some, at some level.
2: Right, exactly. Well, I, you know, one, one gentleman comes to mind, um, just like we've talked about, came out of high school. Apparently a math teacher said, you need to t- find some job that does not require math. And so he chose machine tool. Which requires math, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but much like me, he found out that he could actually do math once it was put in a context. It had an outcome, and uh, uh, his dad had a finance company, and he had stayed away from the finance company because you know he somewhere along the line he was told he could not be good at math, and he took machine tool math and aced it. Actually, was good at math, so. So you know, helping those those folks maybe um, that that are not going to be machinists, but where can we where can we direct them? Where can we take their skill sets and their aptitudes and
0: So he them? math turned on the, the machine tool math because it was applicable. Yeah. Turned on the, the the light form, and then he took that into the finance community. That's right. Because yes. you proved he could do math. Well. I, I, or he proved to himself.
2: He proved to himself. I I, I like to. Th- Think maybe I was the vessel there that helped guide him through that. The doorman. But the doorman. Yeah. I was the doorman. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And you know, Bud, you taught for many, many years. The greatest trait of an instructor is patience. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can be an expert in anything, but if you if you don't have patience to let people grow and develop at the pace they need to grow and develop, mm-hmm. you know that's and I think that's where the technical college system is just so outstanding. Is we you know we hire practitioners of uh of our our welders instructors have been welders our you know uh our motorsports vehicle technology directors been in
0: been in the business been
2: in the business and that's a tough
0: that's a tough thing to do to hire people out of industry because teaching is such a there's 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 a part of teaching when you close the door and you got your students there that is just the best part ever and then there's the other stuff and you are you are a diplomat I, I know that from working with you bud is not always a diplomat because stupid is stupid you know as, as the movie goes but uh, <laughs> somebody would explain something to me and I just uh, anyway but I'm older than you I'm crotchety so I, I'll, I'll, I'll write that off to that as you work your way through and you got your your business <clears throat> degree your next opportunity comes along that puts you in the seat right now and and tell us Tell us about that, the thought that went into all of that, because, boy, that's, that's jumping in deep.
2: It is jumping in deep. And uh, so I'm in my 38th year, so uh, I, I, was, I was, you know, closing in on 37 years and had the opportunity to apply for the, the, the president's position. It came open uh, January of 2021. So I was named interim. I was asked uh, if I had an interest in being the interim president. Uh, I think maybe if we haven't documented it yet, Linear Tech's been my life
0: oh, yeah. since 1984. Absolutely. So, Absolutely.
2: so, you know, with some thoughts, some discussion with the family, my wife, yes, Tim, you, you've, you, you know, Linear Tech's been your life. Yes, let's 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 take the interim role, and then I was asked if I, you know, had an interest in applying, and with more thought, prayer, y- yes, I'm going to do that. So threw my hat in the ring and and I will tell you, you know, being the president of Lanier Technical College is the greatest honor, you know, of my life. Uh, I don't think I would want to be the president of any other technical college. I don't know that I'd want to be the president of any other thing, but Lanier Tech is so near and dear to my heart and I've just lived it. You know, it changed my life immensely. Sure. Uh, and then it has changed the lives of so many others, whether it be our students who graduated, our instructors. I mean, you know, many, many instructors who have come through and 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 maybe gone beyond Lanier Tech and, and to even greater successful. So it's just such a unique, special place. So, so went through the, the process and was interviewed by a local committee here, made up from our our uh, seven counties and. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, I guess, as they say, the rest is history. April 1st of 2021. No fooling. I was going
0: to (laughs) say.
1: April 1st.
0: (laughs) So,
2: and it's just been such a tremendous honor to, you know, have this position with so many fantastic instructors, compassionate people. Uh, and it's just not our instructors who have a compassion for our students. It's our, you know, staff. It's our admission staff, financial aid. It's everyone who touches that student's life. That's a family. It's, it's, it's a family.
0: definitely a family environment. Uh, all the all the folks that you've worked with and I've worked with when I was there, and, and in other uh, teaching situations, uh, when you get that family, that nucleus that'll that sees what you're trying to accomplish and they'll they'll embrace it. And help you along, you know. Uh, when when one of my guys, your guys turn out a part, one of my guys wins a race or something like that. There's a little bit of you in in all of that. What is next for Tim McDonald? Is you know you you've been there 38 years now, and you're still a young guy. Uh, where do we go?
2: So continue at Lanier Tech in the role to grow it. Uh, continue to promote. I think we're in a unique time in our history where I think everyone is beginning to realize that, you know, technical skills are the answer. Great mm-hmm. careers are available with technical skills. You know, one of my missions is to, you know, to help, you know, students, you know, we talked about fixing things when we were growing up. You know, a lot of our kids today do not have that opportunity. They don't have shop in a high school, Right. you know, and, and there's not a lot of, I mean, you know, how many how many many people at home can fix their own automobile it's become so technical well it's more difficult
0: at the high school level you you know talk you talk about teaching something that's applicable at the high school level a lot of shops can't hire a high school kid and it's expensive to maintain a program especially an industry certified program because you have to have new cars I remember when I was interviewing for my job at at East Hall teaching automotive the instructor said uh, I said my gosh that that machine you have you know the, the the big console machine that you plug a car into and, and troubleshoot it, it was a, a oscilloscope basically with a lot of added gadgets to it uh, was the same thing that i used in the, at the dealership back in the 70s and i said to the gentleman showing me around i said we're gonna have to update that and he says well that's no big deal he says what's one of those things cost I said, about 38 he says well, we can come up with 3,800." and it, you know he it, it just hadn't grasped how how much things had changed and I think that's why some of the high school programs went away because it became expensive to maintain them
2: Agreed. Yes um, So and that's that's a challenge that we'll we'll face in the, in the coming years is how do we how do we stay relevant with our technology? How do we make sure we are teaching the skill sets that uh, that our businesses need? But you know just to back up just a little bit what Lanier Technical College is it is a problem-solving college every program we teach teaches you to critically think through problems, establish a, a solution and then execute the solution whether that be motorsports, uh, welding, machine tool, health care. Oh absolutely yeah. so so that's you know and, and I think that's the one skill set that'll never go out of style is the ability to to diagnose and solve a
0: problem. And, and change and adapt, because it, how many jobs, as you've, have you, as you've been teaching, you're 38 yes. years in teaching, how many jobs have gone away or been replaced and been replaced again? Because when I was a kid, you worked at a plant. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't go to college and become a brain surgeon or something, you worked for GM, you worked for Westinghouse, whatever. You stayed there 30 years, you got your retirement, and, and away you went. Uh, that, that stuff's all gone away. I remember I, I, my dad worked at Westinghouse in Buffalo for a million years. And uh, I remember the plant was huge. And it employed 3,500 people or whatever. It's a parking lot now for the airport. All those jobs, all those skills went away and morphed into something else or went overseas. What do you, what do you see for the opportunities of, of the, the training now where people realize maybe the college thing isn't my thing anymore. And are we training the guidance counselors that there's a lot of teachers never did anything but teach. Okay, at the at the lower, at the high school levels, not right. a technical college. So I remember going on field trips with teachers and they say, I didn't realize people were doing this on a daily basis. It was just eye-opening for them. Uh, do you think that the schools are starting to adapt and realize, hey, you know, you can make good money after a year and a half of training, two years of training, and on-the-job training? Is, is, that, is that starting to infiltrate enough that they realize it and they're not trying to send everybody off to UGA? No knock on UGA, I'm just saying. Right.
2: Well, and yes, it is. And what I'm seeing out of, you know, Hall County School District, Gainesville City Schools, um... Dawson County Schools, all the school systems we work with. Now there's more of a focus on the student's pathway. What's best for the student? You know, does that student have an interest in motorsports? Do they have an interest in automotive service tech uh, machine tool? So there there seems to be more of a uh, focus on, okay, let's do what's best for the student. Let's give the student the pathway that, that really fits them. Uh, there is an aptitude test called U-Science that's uh, but gaining a lot of popularity. Some of our school systems are using it, so it's where those students can can you know take the test. I think it takes about an hour, maybe not sure, but to find out what their natural aptitudes are, what their interests are, what their
1: God-given talents are. Right, and right. then let's match let's match pathways. Because that's what I wanted to ask was uh, what tools can you use. To help a young person develop some kind of focus on what they want to do when they don't have any idea themselves, because they don't have any experience with anything.
2: Right. So we we host many many field trips. We try to get them to our Hall campus as often as we can because that's our greatest showcase of courses. We got more more programs there than. Is
0: that the in. newest school in the state? technical college system
2: it is West Georgia Tech is in the process of building a new campus out so um, you know kind of using the linear tech model as they build that out so uh, so you know when and I try to talk to every group that comes in if it's a high school our, our tour guides will will try to get me speak to them for about five minutes watch look observe Try to find out what 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 you see today. If there's anything you see that piques your interest, that's probably a clue that you've got an aptitude for that. And I'm convinced, and, I, and I'm sure you guys would agree, we're all born with, with a gift. I mean, we, we're we all born with an aptitude or talent.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: you know, it needs to be developed, uh, you know, and, and we need to stay current with the industry, but I'm convinced we all have our gift to the world, and it's, you know, and it's up to us to figure that out. Sure. Well,
1: what would you do differently? (laughs) Bud gave me this question to ask you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Along your trip.
1: Along the trip. You know, I'm not so
2: sure that I would do anything different. Maybe the way I pursued, you know, sheet of paper number two and sheet of paper number three, you know, the engineering degree and the master's degree. Mike might could have been a little more friendly to my family, but, you know, in hindsight, gosh, I mean.
0: Gosh, nowadays you could do it online.
2: That's right. You know? That's exactly right. And uh, But I, I remember the day, you know, we all have our flashbulb moments, mm-hmm. and mine is the day I walked in Lanier Tech to register and met uh, Dugar Strickland, who was such a, 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 a great mentor to me. He held his hand out, and he said, I'm Dugar Strickland, and I said, I'm Tim McDonald. Great to meet you. And that was one of those Hallmark days in my life that it just changed.
0: So, so who were some other mentors you had along the way? You've mentioned several of them. Who were some?
2: Well, you know, obviously my dad. You right, know, yeah. He was yeah. so instrumental in, in in our lives, yours as well, I'm I'm sure. So my dad, uh, goodness gracious, Bill Chandler we've talked about. Mm-hmm. He gave me my first job, you know, real real job. Uh, Fred Frady, Dugar Strickland, and some others, uh, you know. Bud Hughes was good for me. Trust me, Bud Hughes was good for me because he brought he brought a, a fresh perspective into our college and
0: he'd he'd look at what Bud was doing and say, "Don't tick off that person the way the, the, way the Bud did." No. But I, I was pretty adamant because um, in the early days of our program, it was it was survival. It was because we were we we didn't have the the stuff we needed, and it was working with teams. It was you know it was a lot of Wearing a lot of different hats. And and you went through the same thing as you developed, you know, things with the community. So, you know, it's of the Elliott boys. All right. Yes. I know all three of them Mm -hmm. have Dan in frequently to do the, the show with us and podcasts and things like that. Talk to them often. Who took you under their arm? their wing if you Dan, will. Dan 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 okay. for sure Dan. so
2: and Dan and I worked on several projects uh, over the years he, he would have some idea of something he would want to do to a transmission and and you know kind of under the under the secrecy of you know weekend machining we would try something so so Dan by far but you know Ernie Ernie I'd met him a few times over the years like I said he had my students there so I would visit the shop frequently and uh, and he He contributed to the program donated materials over the year but Mm -hmm. but by and large it was dan that 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 i still have the 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 greatest relationship with
0: and i I think ernie uh ernie is very focused on at at the time during the heyday was very focused on what was going on with you know the engine department getting that he was he had he was wearing a lot of hats too he was Mm -hmm. And, and you know
2: but you know that's that's a that's a success story. Are we going to see another Elliott success story in NASCAR racing?
0: Not, a, not, a, not from the ground up not, like that. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a whole different kind of yes. thing now. On the nationwide um, scope of things, what do you see going on with technical colleges across the country? Because, you know, here we've got, we've got manufacturing, we've got the chicken industry and, and that stuff in, in, in this part of the country. How about on the Midwest where they're farming and, and teaching different things? Do you see more people combining the college skills and the hands-on skills and making it happen?
2: Yeah, some of the, you know, publications I read, it's 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 a paradigm shift across the nation that, you know, your community technical college or, you know, whatever the system is called. We call it the technical college system of Georgia. How many
0: are there? in How many co- technical colleges are there in the United States? Do you have any idea?
2: I, I do not have. I we have 22 in Georgia.
0: Okay. So. And, well, so. you multiply that. It's got to be several thousand. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Because you, you have like beautician schools and stuff like that that aren't, they're not technical colleges. They're just teaching one thing. To get you going out in an industry are there still a lot of little schools like that around or is it more more conglomerated underneath the one roof
2: Uh, no there's still a lot of you know we call them proprietary schools out there and and they have their niche and, and, and their training and in my opinion as long as they're providing excellent training for the for the cost of the training that's great that just makes us stronger
0: as a country so there's not a battle between colleges and technical schools it's, well, I think we're realizing different skill sets.
2: We are, and actually we're, we're very much in a period of collaboration. We have, we have signed some articulation agreements with uh, University of North Georgia and Bernal, and actually next week we're gonna sign another articulation agreement for our accounting program. So our graduates can articulate credits to Bernal University, so. If you get your basic accounting in Gainesville, Georgia, you can continue and transfer some of those credits and work on your bachelor's degree in accounting in Gainesville, Georgia.
0: Are they doing that nationwide? For the does that follow up a pattern also?
2: Yeah, probably so. I'm not as familiar with that. And and we have 20 we have 28 of our. Our general education courses that will transfer directly into the university system of Georgia schools.
0: Oh, so and they do now. They okay. do now. That, that
2: is that is very so, cool. So you know, very. I'm very encouraged where we're at. Uh, to your point, Bud, we're we're not competing. We should be collaborating. We should be complementing. We should be providing as many avenues of success for our
0: for our our people as we can. So when you're not, presidenting, are you? what are your hobbies are you off playing in a heavy metal band or anything or uh
2: no, no. <laughs> uh you, you you would not let me join your band you heard me <laughs> sing so i'm, I'm not in the bud hughes review <laughs> no what what do you
0: do what so do you it, do when, I, it's 24 7 for you i know that 20, is. teaching is 24 7 and I, it hasn't changed for you at all i know but what do you do to to kind of chill
2: uh grandkids mm-hmm. you know from ages of nine months to eight years old uh, we'll, we'll actually will be nine next week so i've got
0: two in college i can't
2: uh, believe it well yeah but you're a little older than i am yeah, but. thank <laughs> you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, uh, built a shop a couple of years ago behind the house and uh, have woodworking equipment in it uh, you know i did metal for many many years i thought well as a hobby i'll do wood uh, working it's a little bit less expensive oh yeah, yeah exactly
0: How, yeah. how's that going for you <laughs> not, not
2: so well not so well
1: so. metal's gone down wood's gone up you yeah know? what do you, you build furniture
2: uh, yeah furniture uh turn do some bowl turning uh, so i've got a couple mm. of woodlays do some turning and uh my grandkids you know they they have an interest in going to papa's shop so we go out and piddle around and you know teaching them to drive nails straight in a board you
0: know those those with a hammer with a hammer yes. wow Anybody yeah, I, use those anymore? Yeah, I don't hold the nail. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody holds the nail or the hammer anymore right. on the on the That's job true. site. But that you know, it's great things to to work with the kids because you can make small projects and stuff. What's worse, slivers or metal chips?
2: Uh, <laughs> probably slivers. So I they don't say. bounce off as That's easy. That's eh? exactly right. That's
0: a- well, Tim McDonald, it has been uh, president of Lanier Technical College. It, it has been an honor to have you here. Having an, an honor to have you as a friend. And you're welcome anytime. And, you know, if, if you need me to ruffle anybody's feathers, you know, or Tim. <laughs> you need a pull he'll take care of you. you need me to ruffle feathers, you know, I'm, I'm old and grouchy, so I can help you out there. Thanks for taking the time to be, be with us on Bud's Garage Overdrive and, and tell your story because it's a fascinating story. Um, you know, it's, you're to be remembered by your students and anybody that's ever met you. And it's, uh, it's just been a great time.
2: Well, thank you so much, Bud. And it's my honor to be here. And let me, let me bounce back. that, Thank you all so much for what you do and, and promoting you know, the car industry, the racing industry, because it's all the same thing as technicians. We need technicians. Yes, so, we do. So, yeah. well, thank you all so much for, for, for continuing to carry that banner for us. Okay, Tim. Okay. That's well, a... I'm glad
1: I have a job. Well, there
0: you go. That's a wrap. Okay. And you're the president of Tim's Auto. Yeah. Upholstery.
1: Glad to be president of something.
0: <laughs> we know who the boss is, but yeah, right. you're the president. It's
1: just a name on a sign. Yeah, well, join
0: <laughs> us, uh, join us uh, for our next Bud's Garage Overdrive podcast. Have no idea who's going to be on it, but stick around and listen, and you'll find out. Okay. All right. One question that we haven't asked you, that you would wished we would have asked you, that you would like to explain to us.
2: Wow, I think we got it all. It's just, you know, what can I do for my child to make them successful in life, to help them become successful? The best thing you can do for your child to ensure their success is to help them determine what their aptitudes, their natural God-given gift is, and then help them develop that gift.
0: So let me take that question just a little bit further. What are your daughters pursuing in life? Uh, art.
2: Art. And that was their passion now my oldest daughter with four kids is she's her passion now is being a mom well right yeah yeah, so, yeah. but but they just had an artistic uh bent to them and they both you know followed that uh into the world my oldest daughter art education degree with a minor in art history uh my younger daughter just wasn't quite that four-year university type but still doing her art and uh uh, and living the good life in Florida.
0: Good deal. All right. Tim McDonald, president, Lanier Technical College. Thanks for taking the time to be with us here at Bud's Garage Overdrive. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. So far here on Bud's Garage Overdrive, we've been talking about Concept One pulley systems and the systems available for the small block Fords, the big block Ford, the LS engines, probably one of the most popular engines still out there in hot rods. And don't get me started about putting a small block chevy in a ford hot rod but <laughs> uh is the ford or the, the chevy small block v8 that mm. originally came out you know 265 283 etc 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 and concept one pulley systems makes three basic uh they make three systems for these engines all right mm. they make a basic system and they make a street drive system, a, a drivability system, uh, everyday driver system, and they make the Victory series. Today I want to talk about the Victory. That's kind of the, the mac daddy of all the systems for right. the, the
1: small block Chevys. Because this is the one that's gonna, that most people are going to want.
0: Well, yeah, it, it's got some different designs, and, and I need to go back to reaching out to Concept One and let them know what you're talking about putting their pulley system on. Because if you've got a street rod, it's got Narrow frame rails. You want to get the accessories above the frame rails, things like mm-hmm. that. If you've got a, you know, a Chevy Impala, you're putting the system in. They need to know that kind of stuff to get you hooked up with right. what you need. But they've got a S- Chevy small block Victory Series kit starts out at fourteen forty five, and that's just with the alternator. They make another kit that's got the alternator and the power steering, and they've got another kit that makes uh, the alternator AC.
1: System and then you got the big system that they make that includes. Yeah, the alternator, the AC, and the power steering. So, and that is 2345, which is a screaming deal for all of that. That's for the
0: AC compressor, the alternator. You can choose your alternators, you can choose your finishes, you can choose the finish of the system, whether you want it machined, clear anodized, black anodized, or polished. And, yeah. you know, you And ready it's to go. all integrated, and it's made to all fit together. And it does. <laughs> I've put many of these systems on. They do fit together. Check them out at Concept One Pulley Systems. Give them a call. And, and ask for Kevin or Randy or any of the folks there that are running the machines, because they do this stuff every day, and they will help you out with your system. Great stuff. Great folks. Absolutely. Check them out at the letter C, one, pulleysystems.com. Or you can go to their their uh their website concept one police systems yeah and they got all the stuff there order the catalog great stuff and it fits perfect reaction times reaction time tim or it's time for reaction time or reaction time time yeah time one of those yeah (laughs) yeah tim mcdonald a product of the yeah of the very system that that he is now
1: in charge of yeah i think it's cool
0: you know he starts out as a student Mm -hmm. of course he, he had some motivation, he was working in a machine shop when he came out of high school. Right. Then he, he stuck with it, wanted to learn more skills, went to a technical school. Technical school at the time, it was not a college, it was mm-hmm. a tech, technical school. I know he did some stuff for uh, uh, Bill Elliott and the, and the gang in, in the heyday. Yeah. Uh, went on the road with them from time to time and did stuff in the shop and that. And then he goes back and, you know, becomes an adjunct teacher mm-hmm. becomes a teacher and he's president of the school so he's a product of the of the system he believes in the technical college or the technical school system whichever you prefer right. to, to call it well
1: we've seen the results yeah. of
0: of how well it works yeah and we we talked earlier you know in the podcast here about you know 8 weeks and you could have a career right now, obviously you know, in eight weeks, you don't know everything you need to know about that particular career. No. But it
1: gets you through the door. Right.
0: In eight weeks, you know,
1: it, you could be a, a Class A, you know, CDL driver. What I have found in, in my business as a business owner is that anyone that comes to me from a school, they at least show that they have what it takes inside, that they really want to go further. They've really made a commitment to this line of work. Yeah, you don't you don't take an upholstery
0: uh a guy that's gone through an upholstery course and, you know, give him the fanciest car you got in the shop, you know, no, first time no, out. No, no,
1: no, you give him the broom to
0: well, sweep yeah. the floor. <laughs> but you you introduce him to, you know, to right, things you, exactly. little by little.
1: Yeah, and, and it takes, but at least you know that he's got a, his brain is tuned in to what you're trying to teach him.
0: And I, I think that's so true of the, technical college students or the technical school students that finish a, a program of study what they may find out is uh, maybe the program's not for them and that's not necessarily wrong no but they, they might still, switch to
1: something else they still gain skills absolutely and you know when they, when they talk about when you when you see advertisements for people looking for helpers looking for people to work uh, working with your hands it's all transferable from one thing to another if you know how to work with your hands. And if you've taken the time
0: to get a certificate, uh, diploma, degree, whatever you've gotten from the school, you know what else it tells people? What? You'll show up every day. Oh, yeah. Right. And that, when I talk to employers, <laughs> yeah. that's a big deal nowadays. Right. Oh, yeah, we gave them a job and uh, they never showed up. Uh-huh. Or yeah. they didn't
1: come back after lunch. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Tim uh, is a... a you know, a shining example of what you can achieve, um, you know, going through a a systematic training program and uh, taking it to the limit. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see Tim at the state level at some point in time. He's just got the right temperament and stuff for that. Wow. So we'll see. We appreciate him taking the time as a president of a school. Yeah. To to come come in and and talk to us. Talk with us. Wow. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) If you're restoring a classic car, where are you going, Tim? Well, you're going to go to the Muscle Car Experts year one in Cornelia, Georgia. They're restoring American performance every day. They've got catalogs for all the different Muscle Cars. Uh, You obviously can go online Mm -hmm. and, and look up what they've got. But order the catalog. On your first order, order the catalog. And mention Bud's Garage Overdrive. Just put in Bud 20. Okay. What could be simpler? Right, and you get a 20% discount. Yes, on wow. discountable items. And, you know, it's not unusual for me when I'm ordering parts to build somebody's car, you know, to get four or $5,000 worth of parts. Oh, yeah. And if you can get a discount on that, that's a big help. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is free shipping, and uh, they got great wheel selection and things like that to, you know, supplement your classic car. Get rid of the trim wings, get the custom wheels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check them out at yearone.com. They are great folks to deal with for sure. Okay. Next week's podcast is going to be fun times because we have got Larry Conway on the podcast with us. Okay. Larry Conway is an award-winning pinstriper. Mm-hmm. Okay. and uh, He has worked with some of the biggest in the business, and he is in the their, their Hall of Fame, I guess you would call it. We're going to talk about that with him. And uh, it, it's, he started pinstriping when he was a kid, did mom's refrigerator, and went on from there. Wow. Very, very interesting guy, and he has met some of the, the top builders and travels all over uh, doing pinstriping. Oh, yeah. It's a dying art. Yes, and it is. very interesting stuff, I think you enjoy it. We have a lot of other informative automotive buffoonery uh, wrapped around Larry's uh, interview. Sure. And, uh let's not forget, Bud's Garage, the radio program on Terrestrial Radio. It's on WDUN, featuring local guests and their expertise, and it's available at all the podcast sites that you're familiar with, Spotify, TuneIn, all of those, as is this program. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it what it gives you sometimes, even though it's local guests that come in and their expertise, you can transfer that to any small-town America. Oh, right. And uh, you can also catch it on as a live stream from noon to 1 on WDUN out of Gainesville, Georgia. Until then, we invite you to join us next week on Bud's Garage Overdrive, the podcast. Remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up. We'll see you next next week, right here at Bud's Garage Overdrive, the podcast.